It's Wednesday, October 23rd. Welcome to Skim This. We're breaking down the most complex stories of the day and giving you the context on why they matter. Facebook founder Mark Zuckerberg was in the hot seat today on Capitol Hill, where lawmakers had a laundry list of things to talk to him about. Then, thousands of teachers in Chicago are on strike. Still, we'll tell you what's at stake for both teachers and kids. And finally, meet your new favorite bird, back from the brink of extinction. We're here to make your evening smarter. Let's skim this. Today's episode is brought to you by LaCroix Sparkling Water. The most complicated story today is about Facebook. They've been in the headlines a lot recently. CEO and co-founder Mark Zuckerberg has been making the media rounds, trying to show how Facebook has ramped up efforts to prevent election interference. And this morning, he made his way to Capitol Hill for the first time in over a year. So today we're going to get into what Facebook says it's doing to tackle potential meddling ahead of the 2020 election, how people are responding to some of its new policies, and what today's big hearing was all about. Let's get into it, starting with some new announcements Facebook has been making this week. On Monday, the company said that it had shut down one Facebook account and 50 Instagram accounts that showed links to a Russian troll group. Many of the people behind these accounts and groups claimed to be located in swing states. These kinds of accounts played a big role ahead of the 2016 election. Facebook says about 126 million people could have seen content organically in their feeds that had been posted by Russian trolls. Those Russian trolls also bought a ton of Facebook ads that promoted divisive content and were seen by hundreds of thousands of voters. So Facebook says it's working to not let that happen again. The company also announced on Monday that it will monitor sketchy activity targeting 2020 campaign workers and is going to label content coming from government-controlled media outlets to prevent state-sponsored propaganda from looking like straightforward news. For a while, the pressure's been on Facebook to fix the problems that have sprouted up on its network. But Zuckerberg says the government has to take a more active role in protecting elections, too. In other words, it can't all be on him. Zuckerberg is still getting pushback on something else. Political ads. See, earlier this month, without much fanfare, Facebook changed its rules about what kinds of ads the company will accept. Before, Facebook used to ban any ads with, quote, deceptive, false, or misleading content. Now, Facebook will only ban an ad if it includes claims that are debunked by third-party fact-checkers. But, crucially, ads from politicians won't go through those third-party fact-checkers, which means politicians won't be fact-checked at all. It's an issue that Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth Warren has brought up a lot lately on the campaign trail. She says Facebook is accepting ads from President Trump that have been rejected by TV stations due to misinformation, and that that's not okay. Warren even put this to a test and published an ad that was a total lie. It said Zuckerberg and Facebook have endorsed Trump. Facebook didn't take the bait. They kept their policy and let the ad run. Zuckerberg was asked about the new policy during a hearing on Capitol Hill today. He says it's not about money. It's about giving people a voice. Our policy is that we do not fact check politicians' speech and the reason for that is that we believe that in a democracy, it is important that people can see for themselves what politicians are saying. His testimony in front of the House Financial Services Committee touched on a lot of issues, not just how Facebook is tackling potential election interference, but also how it's making its workforce more diverse. 
And what Zuckerberg was really there to talk about was Facebook's proposed new cryptocurrency. It's called Libra, and it's being developed with a bunch of tech and financial services companies. Zuckerberg thinks Libra can help solve a big problem. He says there are more than a billion people around the world who can't access a bank account, but could have access to a cell phone. So a system like Libra could help those billion people, including 14 million in the U.S., take better care of their money. But a lot of lawmakers on both sides of the aisle appear to be skeptical about whether this is a good idea, given Facebook's history of data breaches. And Zuckerberg kind of conceded that, yeah, not great timing for us. I get that I'm not the ideal messenger for this right now. You know, we faced a lot of issues over the past few years, and I'm sure there are a lot of people who wish it were anyone but Facebook who were helping to propose this. It's not just lawmakers that are concerned about Libra. Some of its big industry backers like PayPal, MasterCard, and Visa have recently pulled out of the project, too. Facebook has said they won't launch Libra without support from U.S. regulators. Zuckerberg told lawmakers that if the company doesn't think Libra can go forward anymore, it'll back out of the whole thing, too. If I feel like Facebook can't be a part of it in keeping with the principles that I've laid out, then Facebook won't be a part of it. In other words, if things don't work out, not our problem anymore. So what's the skim? Facebook says it's trying to use its global platform to tackle election meddling and shake up the financial markets. But lawmakers are raising their eyebrows at the way Facebook is doing it. Meanwhile, nearly every state in the country is watching Facebook closely. Yesterday, 47 attorneys general said they're joining together to investigate Facebook for potentially violating antitrust laws. This means Facebook could be forced to change not only its policies, but also the way it makes money. So hitting them where it hurts, in their wallet. Coming up in Chicago, classes are out for the fifth school day in a row, as school teachers call for more support and smaller classrooms. We'll tell you why after the break. Thirsty? Try LaCroix. LaCroix was developed to give health-conscious consumers refreshment, flavor, and sparkle. All LaCroix's flavors, including the new hibiscus, are confirmed to be derived from natural sources with natural fruit essences. Flavors also include key lime, tangerine, mango, apricot, passion fruit, peach pear, coconut, lemon, lime, berry, cran raspberry, orange, grapefruit, and pure. You can join the LaCroix community on social at, at LaCroix Water. For more information and a full list of retailers, visit LaCroixWater.com. The teacher strike in Chicago entered its fifth straight day today bringing classes to a halt in America's third largest school district. These strikes have been divisive. Chicago's mayor, Lori Lightfoot, has made a big deal out of how the strike is affecting students and seemed to blame teachers for keeping students out of school. Across the picket line, the president of the Chicago Teachers Union, Jesse Sharkey, says the mayor's got it wrong, that they're on strike in part because they can't properly support kids without the right resources. We have a desire to get back to our classrooms and teach and coach and write college entrance applications and do all the things that teachers do. That is what we want to be doing. But we're not going back without some justice and fairness. In addition to wanting better pay and more support staff in schools, Chicago's teachers are calling for smaller classes. Class sizes are a hot issue in education because research dating back to the 80s connects smaller class sizes with improved academic performance. Chicago's public schools already have some caps on class sizes, ranging from 28 to 31 students per class from kindergarten through high school. 
But those caps are just suggestions, and teachers say they're often ignored, and that hundreds of classes exceed 30 or even 40 students. Some more recent research suggests reducing class sizes may actually be more expensive and may not be the only or most cost-effective way to help kids in the classroom. But Chicago teachers are sticking to their demands, and at least for now, they're not getting what they want. Mayor Lightfoot says the demands from teachers would cost $2.5 billion a year, money that Chicago doesn't have. Instead, she's proposed smaller pay raises, but hasn't agreed to enforce cap sizes on all classes, which is what the teachers are looking for. With talks at an impasse, Chicago teachers are calling on supporters nationwide to show their solidarity by wearing red on Thursday. And that call could very well be heard. According to the Labor Department, last year, teachers across the country went on strike in record numbers. Teachers in states like Oklahoma and Arizona have succeeded in getting millions of extra dollars for salaries, school resources, and other benefits. This teacher's movement has been called Red for Ed, and a recent survey found most Americans side with teachers and their right to strike, regardless of how it interrupts kids' lives. So if Chicago is planning to wait this one out, they'd be wise to remember from math class that there's strength in numbers. We've been talking a lot about the fast approaching deadline for the UK to Brexit the European Union. It was supposed to be on Halloween. Now, it looks like probably not. Here's what happened. Last night, British lawmakers endorsed, for the first time ever, a withdrawal agreement bill presented by Prime Minister Boris Johnson. But when it came to figuring out the timeline of that process, the UK Parliament said, yeah, we need more time to read all the fine print here. So they voted to reject a fast-track approach that would have allowed them to leave by October 31st. Which meant Johnson had to effectively push pause on his Brexit bill to sort things out. The British government was kind of prepared for this. Last week, they asked the EU if they could delay Brexit for another three months, until the end of January 2020. As EU countries decide whether to grant that delay, Johnson may have another trick up his sleeve. He really doesn't want Brexit to drag into 2020. So he's reportedly considering calling for an early election, in hopes his Conservative Party can gain enough seats to pass Brexit on his terms. So for now, it still seems like Brexit is going to happen one way or another, at some point, maybe. We'll just have to see. Before we go today, we've got a fun fact coming to you from the skies above the Midwest. Where the least turn is flying high again. Yes, that's a bird. Least turn. T-E-R-N. According to the Associated Press, after 34 years on the endangered species list, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service says it's time to cross them off, after seeing huge increases in their colonies over the last several years. Back in the 1800s, the least tern was almost hunted to extinction. Apparently, their feathers were really popular for women's hats. And when people built dams along major rivers, that cleared away the small beaches that these birds need to thrive. But after a lot of conservation efforts, the birds are taking flight once more. So we're tipping our non-feathered hats to the return of the least turns. And that's all for Skim This. Thanks again for listening and be sure to hit subscribe and rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. 
Also, we want to let you know about a new episode from our other podcast, Skimmed from the Couch. In this week's show, our co-founders and CEOs, Carly and Danielle, sat down with the editor-in-chief of Allure magazine, Michelle Lee, to talk about her groundbreaking efforts to change the definition of beauty and what she sees as the fundamental skills for success. Listen to this new episode on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. 